Welcome to 1960s bonus issue number one of the Infinite Backlog, a chronological tour of the best and most noteworthy Marvel comics. I'm Andy, the cool exec with a heart of steel, and with me are my co-hosts, the Countess de la Chaine. Oh, yes. Hello. (laughs) And Austin, the deadliest robot of all. (laughs) Enchanté. Uh, yeah, you heard you heard correctly. Austin has uh, temporarily replaced Rory for a small trilogy of bonus minisodes we're doing while on an unexpected break from our regular content. Uh, don't worry, Rory is okay. But if you are interested in the reasons why we're doing a little break, you can find our socials and we've linked a helpful blog post he wrote about his situation. Uh, suffice to say, we will be back in working order soon. But for the moment... We're taking the opportunity to do something a little different. <laughs> we 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 finished on on our normal show. We finished the 1960s reading list a couple weeks ago, and before we dive back into the 70s, we thought it'd be kind of fun to watch some of the 60s cartoons that Marvel was actually putting out at the time. And we wanted to start today with 1966's The Marvel Superheroes, which uh I don't know. I guess it's a little like getting our salad out of the way so we can feel less guilty about the pizza. Uh, this is this. Do you order someone, salad with pizza? Sometimes, you know, don't you, make it no, the, no. When you order a pizza, you order more bread. You wash down the bread <laughs> with bread. You can get arugula on top and that counts. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's you cheating. get a veggie on the pizza. Yeah. Yeah. OK, I understand. But also sometimes pizza places will just sort of have those ridiculous salads with like the full tomato oh. wedges. <laughs> I was going to say like a pre-dressing Caesar that's been sitting around for yeah. 6 hours. Yeah. Also under the heat lamp though. Uh-huh, but the crew right. are gone. <laughs> well, and then when they package it or they they put it together, they like put it in the the heat bag with it for some reason and it's like sitting right on the hot pizza and you get like a wilty salad. Mm-hmm. I mean, the croutons are basically bread pudding at this point. <laughs> There's still bread with your bread. That's true. Eat the croutons. What I'm kind of getting at is the idea that I feel pizza shame, and sometimes <laughs> a salad goes a long way towards making that feel less bad. What do you actually mean, Andy? What are you even talking about? <laughs> I'm talking about the fact that the cartoon we watched for this mini-sode is bad. Oh, you didn't like it? You thought it was bad. Well, yeah. This, this Iron Man is your pizza shame. It's kind of the pizza shame, but in a way, in a way, it's kind of like the other two. I, I guess the metaphor was more that the other two shows we plan on watching for these uh, for this little trilogy are much more the pizza, and this is like eating your vegetables so that we can get there. Got it. Um, okay. All right. I'm on and board. And I think, and I think that this we we had to do this because when when Austin and I were looking into like what cartoons actually existed, we knew obviously about sixty Spider Man, and we had seen stuff about the Fantastic Four cartoon, and then we knew. 
Because one of the early ideas when I was trying to put the theme song together for this podcast was like I was maybe going to do like a super cut of some sort of like mashup of all the old school 60s themes. And so I found these horrifyingly bad theme songs for like Captain America and Hulk. They're not that. Well, Hulk is bad. Yeah, Hulk. Yeah, Hulk is. Some of them are fun and catchy. Tony Stark makes you feel he's a cool exec with a heart of steel. And Iron Man all jets ablaze. He's light and slight with repulsor rays. Amazing armor. Yes, Iron Man. Amazing armor. It, it's sort of we were like, oh, right. There were all these different shows. And we come to find out that it's actually just one show. Um, I don't know. Austin, did you look into the Marvel superheroes show at all? No. Uh, yeah, I didn't do a ton of research aside from knowing like basic information about it. I kind of wanted to just go in blind. But this was a this is in 1966. And there were 65 episodes of this show produced. What? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Well, I can only guess, and we'll get into it soon, but that this show cost almost nothing to make. Yes, exactly. Uh, they they had voice actors do triple and quadruple and quintuple duty all over the place over the course of these 65 uh. episodes. They were doing crazy shit with the animation. But mainly, uh, the, the, the point here is that there are 65 episodes split between five different sub-shows, if you will. There are... The Captain America, the Incredible Hulk, the Invincible Iron Man, the Mighty Thor, and Prince Namor the Submariner. And each of those have 13 half-hour episodes. And of those 13 half-hour episodes, it's made up, each one of those is made up of three seven-minute segments. So it's kind of like designed to syndicate and be split up and do whatever the hell they want. So would some, like Tuesday be a Namor day and would Wednesday be Captain America? Like would it? Well, they aired it like that for sure. Uh, I know in some markets they they definitely aired it as here's a mighty Thor block. And then next day was a here, here's Prince Namor or it ran in time slots too, right? Like all over the place. But other places elected to do kind of mix and match where they do like uh, a, a half hour with a segment of Iron Man, Hulk and Captain America, you know, seven minutes each. And then you, you know, follow those along or whatever. Right. Like it was kind of all over the place and it was built to syndicate and just kind of be whatever. I even read that they had they took certain seven minute segments to use as like interstitials between other cartoons. You know how sometimes they'll sandwich like a small mm. one in between two bigger ones. Yeah. Like Rocky and Bullwinkle style. <laughs> yeah. Like pizza. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to go sexual with that. I'm sorry. Oh. Sandwiching a smaller one between two bigger ones. How would you do that with pizza? Like a small pizza? Like I, I, I always order a large and a small <clears throat> and a large, and I put the small in the middle like a little small pizza sandwich. Yeah, you can what? like fold it up. You can fold it over like a pizza taco. <laughs> Why are we talking about food so much? Because I'm hungry. Uh, but, but no, that's so that's the structure of this show, and I really, really, really didn't want to watch one of each. Because no. when you when you look at the quality of these, I mean, someone talked to me about the animation. Yeah. OK, so so <laughs> any and I recommend any of you listening should Google, you know, Thor cartoon 1966 or any basically Iron Man 1960, any, any of those uh, and just get a quick look of whatever clips exist on YouTube mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, because. It is more so even than a motion comic. So motion comics have kind of come in, in and out of favor 
as like a really quick way to adapt something for the screen. Yeah. Uh, but that term these days has even a slight modicum of respect, right? Uh-huh. There's there's an idea that we think like, oh, fun. It'll be like, uh, we'll move from panel to panel. We'll see some like animated sound effects. There'll be some like little movements. But we all know that it's not that you know, expensive to make, but it like right. looks polished, right? Uh-huh. Cause they're, yeah. I mean, but they're still at the end of the day, they're taking existing art that was made for comic strips and using those and trying to animate parts of that to bring it to life. Yeah. Like we I mean, didn't have I... enough confidence to make an animated show out of this, but we can go like a, a couple steps in the direction, get some voice actors in there. There, there are a lot of companies that are, that are doing that right now, like um, Wizards of the Coast does it with mm-hmm. all of their magic stuff, and Blizzard does it with all their World of Warcraft storytelling that they have to do now because they're too big for their britches. Like that's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 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 cheaper. It's way cheaper than animating stuff in full, and yeah. it still gives you something to look at. And that is the kindest thing you could say about these Marvel shows. <laughs> but it exists yeah and there's something to look at um this yeah so i mean it looks like a fake show is is what it looks like it looks we have been conditioned to look at a show like this and think that it's on adult swim like they're gonna start making jokes like it's yeah this is harvey birdman attorney at law except no this is real This one's real. They did this and they Mm -hmm. put this on markets to watch in 1966. Yeah, it has that paper dolls feel. Mm hmm. One hundred percent. It is. It's it's crazy how much they're cost saving because they're just taking pictures. I think it's like I I don't I don't know the actual terms, like the historical terms of like what was available, the technology that was available in the 1960s. But I'm pretty sure it was like a precursor to like photocopying. Like a, like a mix of like photocopy slash like legit photography slash whatever to like get things printed onto cells uh, so that they can like then edit it in place and make things move, et cetera, et cetera. It's bizarre. Yeah, because they've been doing incredible like we've been capable of doing incredible cartoons since the 1920s. Basically. Totally. So this mm-hmm. is not an excuse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but when you need 65 half hours, like, uh-huh. I and all the art is ready to go. You know, if you listen to our sister podcast, I guess I feel weird calling it a sister podcast when we're all dudes. When you listen to our sibling podcast, Saturday morning, Tuesdays. We talk about that a lot. Like the in in that that problem continues all the way into the nineties of like the episode order is too high for us to worry about quality. So just figure out how to put it out the door. Mm-hmm. And it's never been worse than this Iron Man cartoon that we've watched, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Shane, what do you what do you do you have thoughts about the artwork? I, I, I definitely do. I it's like they took the pre-made artwork. It's like they they have the cutouts of the cells or whatever, and then they edited them. But they did things like they kept like faces really small so that they could animate the faces, and the faces were completely different from what else is happening on mm-hmm. like on screen at that point. Um, I had a really fun time watching the Baroness. Um, oh, the, oh, the Countess De La, De La, yeah, or De La, De La Spirosa or whatever Spirosa, her name was. Yes, yeah, yes. De La Spirosa, like driving in her car in the same. She's driving in that car like four or five times, and it's yeah. literally the same thing, right? With <laughs> right, different yeah. sound effects, and then she's in space, 
Yes. And th- her space animation is her just still again doing the car thing, but in space. <laughs> God, yeah. I, I think if if I saw it these days, I, I'm like, oh, this is this is on YouTube. This is like a 15 year old made this on YouTube, uh-huh. and they're super they're super popular on the internet, probably. But it was just bad. It's yeah, bad. I should say at this point, in case you're curious, so we watched uh, the Marvel superheroes, The Invincible Iron Man, episode 13, Beauty in the Armor, Peril in Space. As a city watches, those are the names of the three seven-minute segments. They're all connected. Oh. I didn't even re- so listen. I didn't realize that they were three seven-minute segments. And as I was watching it, I was like, "This is three different storylines." Yeah, what's yeah. happening? Why mm-hmm. would Andy make me watch this? <laughs> they're not. Also, they're all. They're all. They all go from one to the next. Yeah, yeah, which is interesting because yeah, the whole time I was like, "This feel. This really feels like three issues were jammed into one." <laughs> well. It it's it is kind of right. So this uh, I, I should say, if you're interested as well, this particular episode was adapted primarily from and uses images from the storyline that goes from Tales of Suspense issues 69 through 72. Nice. Um, most of it's coming from 72. And then they've used some images like of the uh, oh, God, what's his name? The the robot guy near the end. The the oh titanium. Man? Yeah, the Titanium Man or whatever. They use images like references from the other two issues a lot. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, it's it's uh, they've made changes. No, no one goes to space in those comics. I'll tell you that. I looked through <laughs> yeah. them a little bit for yep. the space sequences. and was like, where's the space bit? <laughs> That's space not happen? there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If I had been reading the comics, though, and then I got to watch it on TV in that form, I would probably be hyped. Well, that's well, the thing, it, right? Like, yeah. I would stand, it's really cool. I would stand it. Like, if this, this is, like, really bizarre how fast they're turning around the storylines that they're publishing. Like, it, like, if you think about it in modern terms, it'd be like if something that pu- was published in, t- like, 2019 was turned into an animated show that was airing right now. Like, that's a really quick turnaround. And, and yeah. sometimes even less, right? Like, I don't remember exactly what year. Like, I think it might have been like a f- like just a year. Like, a year ago, we did this storyline in the comics, and now it's in a cartoon. Like, that's a cool turnaround if you're following the comics. Or if you're not following the comics, you know, and like, mm-hmm. if you're either new to Marvel or you can't afford to, you know, spend the nickel on on an issue at the, at the drugstore <laughs> or whatever. Um, and yeah. just on TV, you're able to, you know watch these adventures happen like you know again yo it doesn't look as good as the other stuff that definitely will come (laughs) after it but when you know when you're in the 60s and you've got basically like hoop and stick and ball and cup (laughs) and you know those are my favorite superheroes (laughs) i'm ball and i'm cup (laughs) (laughs) and we're here to help you spend a saturday <laughs> I want to. I, I I do need to correct you, Austin. Comics cost twelve cents an issue. Oh, okay. Cents. So just Thank just you. wanted you. I just wanted you to know that. No, you you're cool. Thank you. <laughs> I'm very cool. Uh, <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna really briefly summarize the the vague plot, and then we can talk about the stuff that we liked in the episode, and yeah. then we can kind of just wander our way out of this mini-sode. But first, here's what happened. So. Uh, and I call him this because they do it in the narration, and it's funny. Anthony Stark. Uh, Anthony Stark's plans <laughs> to share the secrets of the Iron Man armor with a Senate committee are interrupted when several villains try to steal the armor for themselves. 
And yes, I wrote that summary because no one cares about this show on the internet. There oh, are no, no summaries. Uh, and That's a good summary. Thank you. I'm really good at my job. Uh, but no, it's it's basically people trying to steal his armor. And the the main three factions we have are the Russians. And I'm pretty sure we never learned their names. No, they well, they never say they're Russians either. They just say behind the curtain, behind yes. the curtain. The curtain <laughs> they allude people. to them being Russian. Yeah. Yes, they're clearly Russians. And then the Russians have hired the Countess de la Spirosa, uh, this sort of famous, I don't know, thief, bad girl, whatever. Uh, and they've hired her to go steal the Iron Man armor. And immediately she's like, of course, I'm not going to steal the Iron Man armor for them. I'm going to steal it so I can sell it on the black market. And she teams up with the Mad Thinker in their own little side plot to use the Mad Thinker's spooky robots to cap like to kidnap uh, Tony Stark and to steal the Iron Man armor. You mean giant clam face android? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> clam droid. I so like clam droid a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the art on that, the art on those androids are pretty incredible. It's 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 weird. It, it reminds me of like, and I know, you know, it's kind of a contemporary, right? But like Hanna-Barbera Herculoid situation, except if one of the Herculoids was like <laughs> large and man-shaped with a with a mouth instead of facial features. Yeah. Also, Mad Thinker um, is an interesting. Have you encountered Mad Thinker before in your comics? No, actually. So nope. he's he's a he's a villain that we've not really read. He's he's bad. I think he's a he's a dumb. I think he's a dumb villain. I think he's a dumb one. I think uh, I think uh, it's a, not a good, not so a good. It's like you know the the famous the thinker pose. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I guess Stan Lee just sort of showed that picture to an artist and was like, "Yeah, how about that?" And like, "Well, okay, what does he do?" He's, he's mad. He's mad. He thinks, <laughs> and he uses this pose only. And yeah, robots. You can only draw him in this pose. Yeah. I appreciate so much the 1960s pronunciation of robot robot <laughs> can we do <laughs> clip drops in this show yeah fuck it well we can do whatever we want it's a bonus episode <laughs> we can do whatever the hell we want solenoids the deadliest robots of all there, you, okay well if you're gonna drop if you're gonna drop clips listen i have t- i have two that you have to drop yeah hit me you, you have to so the first one is i can't allow it there's nothing in it for me yeah, that's so it's yeah. so funny. What is it? She's it's like she's looking at Iron Man being taken away, like or not Iron Man, Tony Stark. Like Tony Stark's being imprisoned by the Russians and she's mm-hmm. like, "Oh no, I can't allow it." <laughs> yeah, she she breaks him out of prison because there's nothing in it for her if he gets captured and killed or whatever. Um okay, but but when she does since we're on that point, when she breaks him out of prison, she says, and I think we need to drop this line too. I uh, bribed your guards. The biggest air quotes. The biggest air quotes in the world around bribe. What does that mean, Countess? Either you fucked your way through a Russian prison, or you just murdered eighteen people. I don't. Either way, or both. Either way, we Uh, know for a fact that no bribery occurred. No bribery did happen. Uh, Can you? You need to drop at least one. My attaché case too. Yes. (laughs) Give me that attaché case. Certainly, I will. After I've examined its contents. No! Stop! You mustn't! Wait! Don't touch that case! Ah, but the more you protest, the more it wets my curiosity. My favorite, my favorite little, obviously the voices, the voices in these shows are hilarious because no one wants to do character voices. I don't know if it's like, 
just a style thing where no one thinks character voices are fun or like, you know, they're not really leaning into the hero villain crazy comic book angle very hard right now. But everyone sounds like they're trying to be in a very serious movie. And yes. so everyone has this sort of 1960s voice. And it's like, oh, there's the mad thinker. I'm the mad thinker. I just speak slowly. And like they all sound like the same guy. Yeah. But uh, except for one moment, which I fucking loved, where the, the giant clam droid uh, grabs Tony by the leg and he yells out, My leg! <laughs> <laughs> My leg! <laughs> Uh, to, the other thing in relation to that and in that moment, it reminded mm-hmm. me, um, they leave in all of the Stan Lee expository dialogue or whether it was the Stan written or not. But, you know, that sort of over explainy dialogue that they thought uh-huh. they needed for comics when you can't fully show a situation. All of like Tony in that in that sequence is like, ah, I just made it out of the stairs. Like we can see that. <laughs> and then he's like, ah, he has me. Yeah, we can also see that. It's we, yep. again. Well, when they animate him going down the stairs, it looks for all the world like like a kid playing with an action figure. It's like he got yeah. he's doing the little bouncy, 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 and it's yeah. just a static frame of him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. just up and down, side to side. Again, it's like a fucking Sea Lab episode. You just can't. I can't take it seriously. It's ridiculous. Oh. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot my absolute favorite thing that happens in the entire. I I, I don't care. This is the best thing that's happened to me all week. Uh, when Iron Man, he's captured by the Mad Thinker, right? Like he's tricked by the Countess to go to the Mad Thinker's whatever hideout, blah, blah, blah. And the Mad Thinker has some like a big heat lamp that does tension rays because it's always rays <laughs> yes. and beams. Uh-huh. And. My, and my everyone's got a new beam. Everybody's got a new beam. Every every seven minutes, there's a new beam to show Pop, up. Papa's got a brand new beam. <laughs> and when he's standing in there, his this is this is what he does. He pulls out. He's got a little doohickey, and it's like a we. It looks like a little. I, I can't even describe it. Like a little toy submarine or something. Uh, and he hits a button on it, and suddenly some of the rays fly out at like one of his robots, and he's like, ah, yes, I'm redirecting the rays to the android. And the Mad Thinker finally notices what's going on, and he says, what are those things? And Iron Man's response is, little whammies. (laughs) (laughs) Thank God for little whammies. Little whammies? (laughs) This is my my newest invention. I call them little whammies. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, Fuck I mean, me. so that kind of ends the mad thinker portion of the evening. Yeah. Um, and then it transitions over to being the Countess Della Spinoza show. Della yes. Spirosa. Spirosa, yeah. And they, and have she... a, they have a montage. They have like a newspaper montage where they have mm-hmm. to put out into the world that she's on the run with his, with his attache case. That's so funny because like, yeah, what do you do in the 60s when you have a nationwide manhunt? You've got to catch somebody in the next six hours. I know. We'll print it in newspapers and then the world will see. Yeah. It's the Amber Alert that will print, you know, and in 12 hours, everybody's going to know about it. Uh-huh. Yeah. By the time anyone read that, she was already in a space. She She's was in already space already. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she gets she gets tailed by the police. She uh, the the Russians are on her tail, and so and and this is the I, I will not even joke with you. This all happens entirely off screen. We lose track of her, and then Tony is like, ah, "Well, thank God I have a second stronger set of Iron Man armor." And <laughs> when he is like, he's like tracking the attaché case, and when he turns back, he's like, 
Oh, that's weird. She's in space. The radar dot screen. symbol. The radar dot symbol has turned into a spaceship. <laughs> and it's like, what? How? In like the last 10 seconds, she had a spaceship and is up there now? God, it's so good and so bad because it's so good because of how bad it is, right? I mean, like, mm-hmm. I, yeah. I found that so entertaining. The mm-hmm. fact that suddenly we're just in space for no reason. And it, I, as far as I could tell, unless I'm just not reading the right comic they've lifted this plot from, that's not in the comics. They just thought it would be fun to put her in space. They had to fill time, Andy. Like they they mm-hmm. needed, they were like, wait, we got to fill another two minutes. Put her in you space. You don't need to draw backgrounds. With- no. <laughs> God, no. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, I don't know. The rest of this is the rest of this is nothing. The the Russians use their beam because they've got a beam, right? They've got a grapple beam, and so they grapple beam the spaceship down to Russia, and then I guess what they really want is for Tony to uh, for for Iron Man to fight Titanium Man because they think Titanium oh. Man is dope with his eye beams. He did such a good job fighting the deadliest robots of all time. The, sol- the solenoids, which the solenoids. is just a type of valve. It's yeah. just like a solenoid is just a thing. It's They're treating it like an alien race of robots. Oh, no, the some- solenoids, the deadliest robots of all. Yeah. And no. Yeah. So they want him to fight their robot. And uh, neatly, he just doesn't. <laughs> he like he just gets out of there like him and him and the countess just like run away on her plane <laughs> no thank you <laughs> and then eventually he does actually have to fight it uh because they launch titanium man out on like the head of a rocket and titanium man fights him over the skies above the nation's capital and uh and he wins right and that's the end of the episode but uh well it almost you know not uh, we we need enough time for the countess to sort of express uh, her deep feelings for for Tony's, <laughs> I guess, compassion. Well, not even um, for Tony. She's in love with Iron Man now. Oh, that's right. She doesn't know yeah. that's Tony. She wants the robot. <laughs> right. Well, it, it does feel like some of that comics code stuff of like mm-hmm. showing that she has, you know, felt she's remorse. Reforming. Yeah, she's reforming her actions and she has felt, oh, you showed me kindness and I, I can't believe I, you know, well, it's, it's interesting to have a think. Because on our 60s wrap-up episode, I read a couple issues of Tales of Suspense that had uh, Black Widow in it. And I think those happened before this issue with the Countess. Uh, And it's basically like the same story. It's really weird. Like the Russians send this woman spy to go fuck with Tony. And then either she fucks it up or whatever. And then she, you know, she kind of like, I don't know if she goes good. But like it feels like a very similar structure for the same plot. And, I, you know, I guess it's not news that Stan Lee was sort of self-plagiarizing even as far back as the 60s but uh but it is it is kind of wild that they would do basically the same plot twice yeah although it feels weird that this isn't black widow uh-huh it, yeah and and they again are are avoiding any sort of reference explicit reference to russia and they don't give this character a russian name even though she has a very sort of slavic accent and yet uh-huh. this is like a i don't know spain or something, you know. Yeah, I don't know. De la Spirosa. I, I don't know. It's it's a strange. Mm-hmm. She is, you know, untraceably European. I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whereas whereas in the comics, they're always just like they're just name dropping real places. They're like, yeah. Meanwhile, in Red China, you're like, okay, <laughs> yeah, I get it. But also, but this show seems to just like not want to do that. This show's like behind the Iron Curtain. Like, okay, cool. Mm, who could that be? 
any 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 final thoughts on on watching this like the experience of of watching this motion comic i'm gonna bill you for those 17 minutes <laughs> uh, i see i see i see <laughs> i mean I, I am impressed with how much they packed in yeah, yeah. i will say like they it, it was a very efficient mode of storytelling if this was like three issues basically of of comics it was like yeah. getting a real like matrix brain download of of well, tony and, stark's adventures and now that you say that you know i know the 60s isn't the oldest era for movies or whatever right but like even even trying to go back and watch movies from the 60s i have trouble usually because of their slow pacing because they didn't understand how to make movies good before then and i'll fight anyone who says movies from the 30s are good because it's like they're the slowest things I've ever been forced to sit down and watch. That's not how you do stories. Uh, and yet, this cartoon has kind of some modern pacing. I mean, it 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 does wild wild pacing, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not the fastest Marvel cartoon I've ever watched. That uh, that award goes to the '90s Spider-Man, where about thirteen thousand issues of plot is put into a twenty-one uh, minute episode. But. Um, but no, I, I I think it's I think it is interesting. I, I thought it was going to be dull as piss, but it was actually really watchable. Mm-hmm. Um, it just wasn't good. If you ignore what you're looking at with your literal eyeballs. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. <laughs> I can I can totally watch it as long as I'm not watching it. <laughs> Shane, you know what it's time for? I want you to fuck us up with this. Get me. Uh, hello. Hello, Austin. Welcome. Welcome yeah. to... What is to be your second Fuck, Mary Kill? One where we have one in the gun, one in the bum, and one who is the one. Aww. Today I want to talk about the very special guest in all three of our little mini um, episodes that we watched. I can say episodes, not issues today. That's so weird. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about those beam boys. We're going to talk about the... You have a choice Aww. between the grapple beam, <laughs> the... Tension beam mm. and titanium man's eye beams. Oh, the eye beams are classic. Do you, I, I didn't pay attention. Did they use the same sort of like Scooby Doo eye beam, Space Ghost power band like sound effect that everyone used for beams in the sixties? Um, I, yeah, pretty much. Yep, it's yep. so it was, good. It was about to cut through Iron Man's little helmet, and he's like, "I'm gonna cut through your helmet. I'm gonna do it." And Iron Man's like, "No, don't." You're, your helmet's gonna melt, you stupid bitch. You can't go anywhere. I'm gonna melt your helmet off with my eye beams. Uh, oh my god. Okay, so the grapple beam, the tension beam, and the eye beams. And the eye beams. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hmm. Oh boy. I. I don't know. I kind of love a little bit of long simmering tension. You know. <laughs> mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I don't. I. I feel like I don't know if if a quick tension fuck is as fun as a grapple fuck. You know. Oh, I know. Yes. Well, it's it's interesting because I think the distinction that I would make if I was to, you know, if I was to add more functionality than Stan Lee was willing to give me to these beams, uh, I think a grapple beam obviously takes something and moves it towards you, and a tension beam seems to hold it in place, right? Like, am I am I wrong about that? Like the t- and the tension beam might might actually make you feel tension, and then there's the eye beams that are there to just be hot, like maybe sure. for some for some for some you know for for a little bit of low grade pain. Okay. Perhaps. So I, I think so there's something sexy about a grapple beam, like from across the room. You know oh, what I without mean? Question. Like I think I think that's really like Greco Roman wrestling. You know. <laughs> yeah. Like, like get over here. Uh, 
And oh yes. Wait, are you guys gonna watch that new uh, Mortal Kombat or what? I oh, probably I make probably sure I'm fucked it. up and watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I fuck Grapple Beam. That's my answer on that. I, yeah, I don't know about I agree. the other two. I think fuck I Grapple Beam, marry <laughs> Tension Beam, and kill I Beam. That's me. Oh. Okay. Okay. What are you thinking, Shane? I think I marry Grapple Beam. Okay. Because oh. it'll just always hold you there. Never let you go. <laughs> never never let you go. It it lets you on the door, you don't drown. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um I think I kill I beams. Yeah. Yeah, I kill I beams for sure. Yep. <sighs> and then and then, yeah. and then you fuck tension beam. And then I fuck tension beam because you gotta break that tension somehow. Leave some release some stress. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm I don't know. My first instinct was to fuck Grapple Beam, but now I'm not. Now I'm not sure. So I'm thinking. I'm. I'm. I wanna. I wanna rep for I Beam a little bit because you both killed I Beams, and I feel bad for I Beam. <laughs> don't. <laughs> you shouldn't. You shouldn't feel bad for I Beam. But but there's a lot of utility. I'm not. I'm not. You know, this doesn't all have to be about the bedroom. A hot I Beam could really, you know, do some really fun stuff. Construction wise, an I Beam is very important. <laughs> You can fuck that right off with true. that. But no, I'm talking about like, you know, grilled cheese sandwich. I don't need a stove. Brown. Done. It's, there's, <laughs> there's, some, there's some really exciting things you can. <laughs> That's yeah, how Cyclops yeah. makes all of his sandwiches. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, you want this one grilled? He's like a, like a, like a fucking subway. You want this grilled? Like, yeah, okay. Brown. <laughs> I love that he ends up at Subway after being an X-Man. <laughs> Dude, I didn't like take any beneficial classes. <laughs> I spent yeah, we, the rest we got, of my days smelling like lettuce. <laughs> we killed the we got rid of the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants and now I don't really have anything to do and it turns out I don't have a degree in anything. Uh I just know how to do I beams. I can really really nicely toast a submarine sandwich. And I would like kinda... to think that Gene would just sort of show up expectantly with some bread, with two halves of bread, and just kind of like hang around until he offered. Like she wouldn't mm-hmm. ask, but he, she'd wait until he like, do you do you want me to? Oh, yes, thank you. Yeah, yes. Oh, thank you. I was wondering if you would ever, ever do this. So guys, I marry I, I, marry we, I Hang on, Andy. No, <laughs> hang on. Wait. I We need a TV show that is X-Men post gifted and talented program yeah. what they do with the rest of their lives and it is like that that is what we need i'd love that i'd love working that so at subway much. being an uber driver again beast being an uber driver i know he's a scientist but shh we there was a bit of that in the x-men anime uh that oh, we watched of like beast is just like teaching college classes with a squid yeah, yeah. oh my god <laughs> Yeah, so I I marry the I beams, I fuck the grapple beam, and I kill the tension beam. Sorry about okay. it. Okay, that's my answer. Right. I accept. <laughs> that's a lock. Well, that was wonderful. Thank you. It's it's important to make sure that we know where we stand with all the beams. There's so many beams, uh-huh. and uh, a lot of beams. And so, thank you, thank you for listening to our little our little episode, our 1960s bonus issue number one of the Infinite Backlog. And uh, I don't have a sign-off. What's a, what, what, what should we say as a sign-off on these bonuses? These bonies. Oh, well, not that. <laughs> <laughs> well, my all-powerful rays! <laughs> <laughs> Bye. 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 Bye.